Matthew chapter 6 today. That's where I'm going, verse 33. Last week I uh, was talking about um, being tired, and I've never had so many praise the Lord's uh, in one message. Uh, if you missed it, you probably were tired and at home in the bed. It was for you, so go back and you can listen to it on YouTube, Vimeo, podcast, all of those things. Uh, but today I'm going to kind of pick up where we left off. It kind of goes together. Today I'm talking about walk it out, walk it out. And in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, the word says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things shall be added to you. I want to read that again. It says, seek first his kingdom. It does not say their kingdom. Amen? It says his kingdom. Then it says, seek first his righteousness. It does not say their righteousness, but his righteousness. And all of these things, all of these things will be added to you. Lord, I pray, Lord, that right now that you would touch the words that are about to come forth from my mouth, Lord, that you're that you would let it fall on fertile soil and souls today, God. Lord, I pray that it takes root into hearts and lives. May it change us. May it, may it ignite a fire in our bellies and in our spirit. We do this for you, in your honor, in your glory. It's in your name we pray. The church said amen. Amen, amen and amen. Just like last week, I need your help praying today, uh, preaching today. I've been... My, my throat is still a little messed up from everything going on with the weather and pollen. So let's try it out. If somebody say amen. amen. Somebody say preach that. Amen. Say it again. Amen. There you go. You can help me preach this thing today. Our God is very, very strategic. Uh, he would, that's why probably he gets on a lot of your nerves because he's so detail-oriented. He loves details. He has a well-developed plan to carry out for your life so that his will for your life can be fulfilled through you in the time that you are here on earth. His details about you would probably scare you to death. The details that he has for you would probably just blow your mind. He has a timeline in place just to be sure that we are where we need to be and when we need to be there. He is a God of details. A lot of people get lost in details. A lot of people don't like details because in details is when the truth really comes out. But he takes, he takes great pride in his details. And he has, it, it, is, it is his specialty. It is a strategy that he has. Because he has uh, such a, a strategy for you and because he is a strategic God, he has doors before you, and he knows when they will open, and he knows when they want, uh, when he wants them to close. He knows he has a strategy. Everything about your life, he, he, he has a plan and a will for you. God's strategy is getting you to the right place at the right time. There's doors all throughout life that we walk through. God has doors for you, some with sensors, some, some with handles, some that you have to push. But there are some that he has where it just, it's like a supermarket. You just have to get into the place. You just have to cross the plane where the sensor is. God, some doors are just waiting for you to move. Amen. There are some doors that God has and it is strategy that whenever you start moving, 
moving, doors will start opening. I don't know about you, but sometimes when you're coming in from Sam's, you wish you had one of those doors that you just walk up to and it opens because your arms are so full. But in the spirit, there are some doors that you've got to turn. There's some doors that you've got to work and push. But there are some doors that God is just calling the church just to get up and move. And whenever he sees the church get up and move, there are some doors to some harvest that will open. Amen? Amen. And these, he is very strategic. There, there will be, because he moves like this, there will be some things that you step into that, that you don't deserve. It's just called favor. There will be some things that you step into that you did not even know existed. Why? Because he is so full of details for you. And we step into God's strategy one step at a time. So if you are not careful and you are not in tune with the Spirit and you're, you're not listening and watching Him, you will end up skipping a step and mess up His plans. Skipping steps can mean that you are skipping over His will and His strategy for you. But how many of you know that we live in a culture today that loves to skip steps? We want it the easy way. We want it the fast way. We want it microwave. We want it now. We don't like to wait. We hate reading and following directions, anyone? You hate following instructions. You think you know how to put that bookshelf together. Ikea knows nothing, so you don't have to read all the directions of the 100 pieces that came in the box because you are smarter than that, you know? And you know how to do it. We hate waiting, so we love to skip steps. We talked about being normal last week. It is normal. It's, some things are normal. And some things that are normal in life today, it is normal because people have skipped some steps. It, it is, it, it's normal these days to get into a relationship before I fix myself. It's normal to get together with somebody before I get myself together. And whenever you get your broken self into a relationship, you just put broken into that relationship. So, but 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 that, that, it's just normal these days. We just, uh, Pastor, you don't understand. I just, I, she was it, he was it. We 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 just wanted each other so bad. So we had a, it, it was now or never. It was love at first sight. So we had to skip the step. It is normal even in the church that we know how to worship before we learn the object of our worship. We learn how to lift our hands and we know when to sit down and when to stand and when to sing louder and when to get soft. And, we, and, and we've learned all of these things without getting the revelation of why we do what we do and who we are doing it for. Amen. And, 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 and these, these, they're, 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 there are moments all throughout life whenever skipping a step may not be detrimental. Like you may can put a shelf together with 20 screws instead of... 21. You can put something together without reading the instructions and it may be just fine. But things in the spirit, there are also some things in life, things in the spirit that you do not want to skip steps on because it will mess up God's strategy. Because sometimes skipping spiritual steps can land you into chaos. Anybody ever been there? Sometimes skipping steps can put you at the right door at the wrong time. It's a good door. It's just not the now door. And you're knocking and you open it and you're not ready for what's waiting on the other side of the door. 
It's not bad, but you're not ready for it. Because sometimes, how I many you know, we look at people and say, I want that, but you don't know what they had to get through to get to that door. And so many times we want to skip the steps. Skipping steps can turn blessings into blunders. It was good, but you, you, weren't, you, you, you weren't ready for it. We, if you've ever watched the show, the, uh, the, those people who won millions of dollars, so many of them go bankrupt because they were not ready for it. They did not know how to manage it. Every creation from God has a process with it. Every creation that he spoke, that he created, he has a process on how their life should go. They have steps that God designed for them to take. He knows when they need to be planted and when they need to sprout and when they need to blossom and when they need to produce fruit and when they need to die. Everything that God created has a process to it. When a baby is born, they do not come out running. They, 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 they need you to hold them. They don't even come out crawling. But it is time and a process when they learn how to crawl. And, and, and though we do not experience a, a, another natural birth here on planet Earth, it's God's plan for every person to experience a spiritual birth. Amen? It is God's plan for every person to be born again. And whenever you get born again, the old you passes away and a new creation begins to be formed. And so many want to skip spiritual steps and just begin to run. But you cannot skip spiritual steps. I told first service, I was in youth ministry for 15 or so years. And so many times in youth ministry, uh, a kid would get saved this week and next week he wants to preach. And it's fun to watch, and it's great to talk. But even adults, so many times we get saved, and then we, and then we, we look at prophet so-and-so, and we look at brother so-and-so, and we want to be like them, but we don't understand what they had to go through. We don't understand the mountains they had to climb. We don't understand the valleys that they had to cross. We don't understand the time and prayer that it took to get there. And all of a sudden, we want to skip steps. And in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is speaking to the multitudes here. And he is speaking, and he's addressing the issue of worry. Hmm. And he's getting them to see that their issue with worry really isn't their issue. He's asking them questions just like Jesus does. Why do you worry about clothing? Why are you worried about what you're going to eat? He even asked the question, can, can worrying even add a cubit to your stature? Like, what is it going to do for you? It's, it's not going to change you. It's doing nothing good for you. And then in verse 33, here he is having a conversation about worry. And, and then he drops this truth on them. As he is teaching them about what worry is just a product of the real problem, he's like right in the middle of this conversation. Worry is just a symptom. He said, let me tell you what your real problem is. He said, you are all worried about clothes. You're worried about what you're going to eat. You're worried about where you're going to go to school, who you're going to marry, what kind of car. You're worried about all of these things. He said, but you don't even realize that there is a God in heaven that is your keeper your problem is you don't recognize the Lord the byproduct is your worry 
And you're worried about the worry, but you really need to focus on the Lord. He said, and if you could ever understand that the worry is just a byproduct of it, it would change your life. He said, you are worried about clothes, but you don't even understand that there is a God in heaven that is your keeper. He, he was telling them, look past your symptoms, look past your problems, and you'll find the truth. And while you're all worried about clothes and food, you have, you've gotten everything out of order. You've gotten your priorities out of order. He's like, you've got to get the right things in the right place. He said, and let me tell you how you do it. The first thing you need to do is seek first the kingdom of God. Then seek his righteousness. He said, and if you follow these steps, all of these things that you are worried about will be added unto you. If you would seek me first in my kingdom, in my righteousness, he said, then everything that you've worried about, it will be yours. He said, I have the power to do that. But you've got steps out of whack. You've got, you've, you've got things, priorities missing and, and, and rearranged. He was telling the multitudes, get your priorities in order. Because right now, you are looking for these things in your life. You are looking for clothing. You are looking for shelter. You are looking for a husband. You're looking for a wife. You're looking for a career. You're looking where you're going to go to school. He said, right now, you are looking for all of these things. But when you start seeking my kingdom first, those things will start looking for you. You were looking for a job. No, a job will start looking for you whenever you start seeking me. You were looking for a spouse. No, a spouse will start looking for you. You were looking for blessings and opportunity, but when you put me first and seek me, opportunities and blessings will start looking for you because when you get your spiritual priorities in order, God's blessings start looking for you. Amen? You're trying to walk before you crawl. You've got your, you've got your steps out of line. You're trying to be a spiritual giant before you even learn to pray. Hmm. You're trying to fix the issue of your lack of spiritual strength. Well, I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know why I'm in this headspace. I don't know why I can't get a breakthrough. I don't know why I'm where he is or she is. And you're sitting here worried and trying to fix the issue of spiritual strength. But this is just a symptom of a real problem. The real problem is you've not prayed in six weeks. And if you're not praying and you're not being filled with the Spirit, you have no power to get through it. And now you're left worrying because you're powerless. That's just a byproduct. The problem is you've not prayed in forever. That's the problem. And whenever you start fixing, whenever you address the prayer problem, it will fix the strength symptom. It's the way that it works. You've got to crawl before you walk. You've got to learn how to walk like Jesus. If you want to make a difference in your city, you've got to learn how to walk like Jesus. If you want to, if you want to make disciples, you've got to learn how to walk like Jesus. Your feet will move you physically. Your feet carry you from location to location. They move you, but spiritually, your, your mind is your feet. Your mind will take you places because when you are start to walk like Jesus, you are actually thinking and deciding like Jesus would think. It's not so much about you got the Jesus strut. You got the Jesus lean. You got the Jesus walk. It's none of those things. 
It's, it's how you start thinking about everything in life. Whenever you start thinking like him, you will start walking like him. Walking like Jesus means you take on his beliefs. You take on his characteristics. You take on his convictions, and you add them to your life. Because so many times, we want to walk like other Christians instead of walk like Jesus. Woo. Church hoppers. Always looking, always needing attention, always wanting an office, always wanting this, oh, and then you can't get it, and you look to somebody else, and you keep looking, fire chasers. They go to every revival. They've been to Brownsville. They've been, they've been to Australia. They are, they, are, they are part of every network, and they can't get their fill because they are looking to people instead of looking to Jesus. And they will always be empty. They will hop churches until they die because they're looking for their pastor and not looking to Jesus. If that's you, that's a revelation for you. You just got free today. Take it. Get it in, get it in you. Because if you're looking for your pastor to do everything, he will fail you. And you'll hop on, and you'll hop on, and you'll hop over here. No, he said, he said, you... You're too busy looking for everybody else. He said, look, look at me. Because so many times we want to walk like other Christians instead of Jesus. I don't know about you, but I don't want to walk like another Christian. I want to look like Jesus. Amen? But you don't understand. Prophet so-and-so, pastor so-and-so, that's who I want to be. You can, you, can, you can have some people out there, but whenever you want to start being like them more than you want to be like Jesus, it's a problem. And if you don't watch it, you will allow people in your life to tell you how you should walk instead of Jesus telling you how you should walk. You will let people, organizations, churches tell you how to praise. I've had people come to church who say, I've never seen a pastor raise his hands before. Well, praise the Lord. Welcome to Legacy Church. I've had people, some of you, in, in this church today, say, I raised my hands and they asked me to leave. That's when you look at them and say, thank you. Thank you for releasing me. I got somewhere else I got to go. I got to be in a place where I can worship how I want to worship. No organization is going to tell me how I can or can't worship. Listen, there are some traditions that are church-like but not Christ-like. There are some traditions that are church-like, but not Christ-like. They're not necessarily bad. But if you don't watch it, you'll start looking like everyone else instead of looking like Jesus. You've got to be careful because you'll start worshiping a culture more than you worship the Lord. I can't worship unless the lights are off. I can't worship unless the lights are on. I can't worship unless it's 72 degrees. I can't worship unless it's 65 degrees. You're laughing, but it's real. If it was me, everybody in here would be in a full fur jacket right now. I'm hot. I know some of you are sitting on those vents. You're like, oh, please quit preaching. I'm freezing. You know not to sit there next week. And if you don't watch it, 
you start worshiping a culture, it happens. Good church people start worshiping cultures more than they worship the Lord. I said it last week that it's, it's in this season when you are trying to be normal and yet be different for the Lord. It's in this season whenever you start looking to man, I want to be like him. I want to preach like him. I want to pray like her. God puts people in your path to look up to and to be examples without a doubt. But whenever it, you become infatuated with, with the culture and you want that and I can't worship unless I'm there and I can't, I can't praise the Lord unless I'm on the beach. I can't do this. I can't do that. All of a sudden, you start putting a culture before you put the Lord. You, you, you start idolizing people. And that's what's wrong with the church. Famous preachers, famous pastors, they fall and we're like, oh gosh, what am I going to do? Keep worshiping. You keep praying. You keep going to church. He may have let you down, but the Lord did not let you down. And if you don't watch it, you will start you will start looking like a culture more than you look like the Lord. I said last week, this, was, this is when you start getting tired, is whenever you are trying to look like everybody, you're trying to appease everybody else, you're trying to be in the normal while, 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 while living out what God has called you. You start, you start trying to look like others instead of look like Jesus. You will get tired. You will get tired of church whenever you are following man instead of Jesus because man will let you down. Most church, all of church hurt. Jesus didn't hurt you. Man hurt you. Why? Because we are human beings. We have faults. And it happens. But are you going to let a man that hurt you keep you out from seeking his kingdom? I don't like any of y'all that much. To keep me out of heaven. I'm not going to let you keep me bitter for too long. Because when you're bitter, you can't praise. You'll be up in here and they'll be singing your song, When I Move My Body. And you will have a flashback of that person. Stole my praise. No, you gave him your praise. Many of you maybe can relate to this talking about walking with Jesus. You may can relate to this story. In the Bible, Jesus was a little boy. He's with his parents in the temple. And when they get ready to leave, obviously they must have thought that he was in the caravan, that he was in somebody else's wagon. He was in some, on somebody else's donkey. Some reason they felt that he was going with them. And then they come to the realization when they got to Bucky's. <laughs> they were at the beef jerky rack. Jesus, what kind do you want? Jesus, turkey, Jesus, bacon. What, what do you want? Jesus, Jesus. Anybody can get lost in Bucky's. And they're looking and they realize, where's Jesus? 
they get back in their caravan, get back on their donkey, they go back into town, back into the temple, and they find Jesus where they left him sitting there, and he's talking to religious leaders. Get this, they had lost Jesus and didn't even know it. They left Jesus at church and did not take him with them. If you don't watch it, we will be like Mary. I mean, you don't have to raise your hand, but how many of you, how many of you have ever lost your child? I, th- I thought you had him. You don't have him? Where's he at? I hear nervous laughter. It's called conviction. We can pray after service. But how many times do we come in here and experience a moment like this and reach out and touch the Lord and woo, it's good. We put Jesus down and we walk right out. Until next Sunday, Lord, I'll be back. How often do we lose Jesus in the middle of the week? Because our steps get out of line. Our priorities get out of whack, and you will, you will lose Jesus in the middle of the week. You'll be so focused on your child's schedule, it will rob you of prayer time. The devil loves a busy church. People that are just so busy, 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 that their priorities get out of whack. And you can't walk like him if you're not walking with him. And you're not walking with him because you left him in the church. You left him at the altar. You left him in your seat until next week, Lord. I'll be back. Don't you go anywhere. And here you are walking it out without Jesus in the middle of the week. And this happens to people in the church. You can get so caught up in the culture. You can get so caught up in the moment. You, you, you're you in a church and they know how to praise. And, and, and there's an amazing band that's leading us in worship today. And you're on a serve team and you're in a small group and you're teaching. And, and, you're, and, you, and you've got the latest legacy t-shirt. And you look like you're on fire. And you walk around and God's good all the time. And all the time God is good. And you're blessed and you're highly favored. And you've left Jesus. You lost him somewhere. Because your priorities. It's easy. And so often, the reason we leave Jesus is because we've skipped the steps. We try to run before we walk. We don't like the process. We want to blink and be like brother so-and-so or prophet so-and-so or apostle so We want to be that super Christian instead of going through the process of letting God develop us. And we end up with a faith that culture taught us instead of what God taught us. We end up with a faith that looks like our surroundings instead of looking like Jesus. I want to give you five quick steps. When I say quick, there's going to be the five quickest steps I've ever preached. Write these down. Five steps to get you to where you can walk like Jesus. Number one, repentance. You can't find Jesus until you engage in repentance. 
the verse today said, seek first his kingdom, his ways. In order to seek him first, that means you've got to turn from your ways, and that is repentance. The definition of repentance, listen, it says to review one's ways of regret or sorrow, followed by a plan to change. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a change of your mind, the change in the way you are moving from location to location, a change from the way you see people and act. Matthew chapter 4, Jesus is preaching. He says, repent. Repent. Why? The kingdom of heaven. The kingdom I just told you to seek first is coming. It's nigh. Get, get this. Confession may be good for your soul, but confession is not repentance. Repentance involves a plan to turn and getting to a place where you are walking like Jesus. It's getting your priorities in order. Number two. Number one was repentance. Number two is rebirth. Rebirth. It is, it is the bringing back to life of your spirit. It's the renewal of your spirit. It's being born again. It's conversion. Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 26 and 27. Just jot it down. Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26 through 27. says, I will give you a new heart. I will put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Listen, he said, I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my ways. The NIV says, I will cause you to move. I will, I will cause you to go to a new destination. I will cause, I will put something in you. I will revive you. You may ask, how do I know if I've been through this regeneration? How do I know if I've been, how do I know if I need to come back to the Lord? He says, whenever you get my spirit in you, he said, you will have a desire to follow my statutes. The question is, do, do I need to come back to him? The question I would ask you is, are you move to follow God's teachings? Are you living according to his teachings? If not, you need to come back to him this morning. Can I get an amen? I spoke this last week. Uh, when you have a new heart, you will have a new appetite. Number three, reprioritize. God has to move up on your priority list. When you reprioritize your life, God is in the center of it all, and everything else functions around Him. It's so easy for God to be on the outside trying to fit in instead of on the inside, the center of it all. It is so easy, and if you don't watch it, there are different seasons. There are different seasons when you've got to be real careful. Holiday seasons, the beginning of school, sports, all of these things, you will start taking Christ from the center and put him out here. Well, sorry, Lord, right now it's sports. Sports is in the center, and everything else has got to find its way in. And if you don't watch it, you'll be on the ball field more than you're on your knees. That's what I expected. You better watch it. That's exactly what the devil wants, is for you to get God out of the center and just something circling around. That's exactly what he wants. So you got to reprioritize your marriage, your kids, extracurricular activities, your job, your finances, your schedule. All of those things are going to be fighting for you. But if you let God stay in the center, it will, it will, it will move. It will move everything in the direction that it needs to. You'll, you will pray more whenever you get your priorities in order. 
You will serve more. You will give more. Whenever you get your priorities in, uh, in order. Number four, re-educate. Re-educate. You've got to relearn some things. Ban, help me out. You've got to relearn some things and unlearn some things. I love my church people. But I've learned some things in church that are not always right. I've watched models of leadership that are not always right. Can I get an amen? I've watched it through the years. I've been in church all of my life. Started preaching when I was 15 years old. I've been in it all my life. I went to Pastor Hughes Church, Adairsville. When I was a boy in youth group, my, my church didn't have a youth group. I went over there. Russ Arrigo was the youth pastor. Do you remember those days? I was there some. I've been in church all along. And you see things that sometimes are not right, but you take them on. And there are moments in your life when you say, Lord, I need you to help me unlearn some things and relearn some things. Sometimes you've got to let Jesus unteach you things that the world taught you. I preached about last week. He said, come get yoked up with me and learn from me. He didn't say learn about me. He said, no, it's not enough to learn about me. You need to come and you need to yoke up with me and learn from me. And when you start learning from the Lord, your true purpose will be revealed to you. It's about walking with Jesus. And number five, refilling, refilling. Walking like Jesus requires more than a one-time experience. It's a daily walk. You need to be filled with the Spirit every day of your life. And until the trumpet blows, it's going to get harder and harder to walk in conviction. I said it last week, I'll say it again. You cannot be politically correct and sanctified in this hour. You can't. That, 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 that don't give you permission to be mean or ugly. But if, if you're really walking by the word, you will not be politically correct. And if you don't watch it, instead of walking, you will sit. Instead of standing, you'll just sit down and be like, because it will get hard. But God is calling his bride. You've been singing about me. You've got great songs about me. Now it's your time to get up and walk this thing out in this hour. The world needs to see a church on the move. Not, not moving in chaos, but moving in the Spirit. Walking out convictions. Teaching. Not afraid to stand up. The world is looking for a church in this hour.